Longtime partnership between WCCO Radio and the Star Tribune editorial board today, represented by John Rash and Scott Gillespie. Always a pleasure. John, I will start with you. Um, we know what's happened the last couple weeks. The tragedy in Atlanta, eight killed. The tragedy in Boulder this week, ten killed. Um, we have way too many mass shootings in this country, and we have had for decades. And we've debated these issues numerous times at the metro level, at the state level, and at the federal level. And I'd love to feel like that we as a country could come together and make progress in a global sense, not just on the gun side, on the mental health side, and coming together and where very few would feel like they got everything they wanted, but progress was made. I'd love for that to happen, but, John, outside of potentially uh, executive action signed by the president, I don't think anything is going to change. Can you convince me I'm incorrect? Well, like you and Scott and our listeners and so many across the country and the world, our hearts go out to the family and friends of the victims in Boulder and Atlanta. And I could go on and on because, as you say, for too many years we've had this debate, and clearly for too many years, indeed decades, we've had these horrific mass shootings that, while they don't, you know, they rarely happen in other countries, we're the only country that continuously and, and increasingly has them at this point, which appropriately has so many calling for some kind of congressional and executive level action. And you're quite right, Chad, in that to do something comprehensively regarding guns also involves mental health issues and so many other ways to mitigate this horror. And the fact that you have a Congress that's willing to invest in so many aspects of the American economy, this seems to be one that they could come to some kind of an accord with. And yet, in order to do it, they probably would only have a Democratic vote. They can probably get them in the House. Senate will be more difficult, as it always is, especially with Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia, having had a long history of Second Amendment uh, support. And yet he, in past years, has brought up some really sensible gun legislation. So he perhaps could be persuaded here. And clearly, very similar to the American Rescue Plan, while that didn't pass with Republican votes, it uh, doing something about this gun scourge is extraordinarily popular with the American public. So even if it's only done by Democrats, it is truly bipartisan in terms of its support across the country. And that may be a model that they have to take going forward. How about you, Scott? Yeah, I, I wish I was optimistic. I would have thought that Sandy Hook would have led to more uh, uh, widespread uh, measures to try to address gun violence. Uh, but we're approaching the 10-year anniversary of that attack mm-hmm. in which 26 people were killed and 20 of them were children ages 6 to 7 years old. Yep. And if we couldn't come together then, and we didn't, uh, I, I have to remain skeptical about whether we will now. Uh, in fact, we wrote about this this morning. Uh, for more than 20 years, our federal government uh, couldn't agree on whether to spend a dollar 
researching gun violence in America. Finally, in uh, 2019, uh, we, we broke that logjam. Uh, took a, took more than 20 years, but now we invest about 25 million dollars a year, which is, you know, a, a piddling sum compared to what we spend on research into disease, frankly, car safety, which was a great success story for this country. So, um, you know, I frankly think we should start with that and get the data, get the research that we need to figure out what really could work to stop this. John, you mentioned Joe Manchin before. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's almost as if Joe Manchin has the Senate in the palm of his hands. Right? In many ways, he does, and he seems to realize that. Yeah, and doesn't mind it, by the way. Uh, they all have egos. And, and when you are the – I mean, we kind of thought that the vice president – might be the swing voter. No, we know where the vice president stands. It is Joe Manchin. And I don't get the sense that he is going to make any, let's go with the systemic, is that where it gets tossed a lot, uh, a great deal, systemic change. And let's not forget, when when Scott mentioned Sandy Hook, and I'm with him 100%, I mean, if, if we can't react when kids of that age were just murdered, we did we, we did nothing. We did nothing. That's that's just the truth. So, and and who led that, John? Joe Biden did. Joe Biden did, and, you know, he had not lost his son, Bo, at that point, but he had already faced a great deal of tragedy. He knew the Senate well. He knew how to get things done, and nothing happened then. So I guess it's almost like you just have to funnel this through the senator from West Virginia and see what he's willing to do. And then, by the way, is that then good enough for the Congress men and women in the House who are a little further left who look at Joe Manchin and have a bit of disdain towards him? Well, quickly on Sandy Hook, I concur that nothing got done, but actually the opposite got done, as you know we've discussed in that in many states you had more bills that passed that increased access to firearms yes. as opposed to constricted them. So remarkably... And disappointingly, you had the opposite reaction regarding Senator Manchin. You know, in the end, he came around. He supported the American Rescue Plan. He certainly had a disproportionate impact on the final bill and and what he would allow to have happen. And I think, interestingly and tellingly, in that case, he had the Republican governor of West Virginia signal that he wanted the Senate to go big and that they shouldn't, you know, hold back because his state and the other 49 needed this kind of support. And perhaps it will take some other prominent Republican or a different voice who makes it safer for Senator Manchin. Or let's not forget there are a few moderate Republicans, Senators Romney and Collins and Murkowski, who may be able to be convinced if it's something comprehensive to be able to join with the Democrats, which would make it bipartisan and also potentially make up if they don't get Senator Manchin's vote at this point. But you're quite right. He controls a lot of what happens. I mentioned this before, but I was encouraged that a couple years ago he had tried to do something in the Senate. It didn't ultimately work, but he's not taken a position like Senator Ted Cruz, for instance, when, you know, the only signal he sends on it is he wears a mask that says come and take it you know in terms of firearms and you know he's an absolutist on on this issue and yes there's 
going to have to be compromised if it gets done, but that's what politics is really all about. Scott, I want to cite a study from a professor at the University of Alabama, not exactly a liberal elite school. Uh, Adam Langford is his name. He points out the obvious on numbers. We make up 4.4% America of the global population, but we own 42% of the world's guns. From 66 to 2012, and we've had numerous mass shootings since then, but from that period, 31% of gunmen and mass shootings worldwide were American. Something isn't right. Something doesn't work. And I'll, I'll just defer to my, my friend and my colleague, Dan Cook, yesterday, when, when he pointed out, let's say nothing gets done with guns, and it should. There, there can be modifications that are nowhere near we're knocking on doors and coming for guns. But, Scott, you alluded to, too, what if off this it was just an even bigger push on mental health? Just something where both parties agree on that, should agree on that, so something gets done. And it's not just only thoughts and prayers, and I'm all for thoughts and prayers, but that's just not enough. Well, I couldn't agree more. And uh, uh, my family owns shotguns for the purpose of hunting, as do many Minnesotans, obviously, and many Americans. I don't understand and i've heard the arguments for for uh, target practice and recreation but i don't understand how someone can six days ago walk into a store and buy a military style semi-automatic rifle get his armored vest on and go into a grocery store in uh in uh, boulder colorado and kill 10 people i don't get it i don't understand why that weapon is available and readily available, and why that keeps coming up. If you look at mass shootings in this country, uh, nearly every one uh, can be traced to a semi-automatic weapon. But I agree with you on mental health care, too. Yeah. No. I just want to say I also agree with you on on mental health, and which, you know, we're starting to see from his own family members uh, evidence that the, the shooter in Colorado or alleged shooter in Colorado had serious mental health issues he was dealing with. Let's come back and talk about the uh, president on on this idea that he, because of his background, working with Republicans, getting things done, that things were going to be different. Is anything really different? And this is outside of just the debate on the mass shootings here in this country, which are way way too high and just unacceptable let's continue with playing politics uh with scott gillespie john rash i'm chad harpin we're back in moments on cco fad levine the uh twins general managers with us bottom of next hour we continue with playing politics a reminder the lindis construction time check is 152 time to invest in clog free leaf guard brand gutter scott i'll start with you in this one Mitch McConnell saying today he is yet to speak with the President of the United States since the inauguration. Uh, Obviously has not been invited to the White House. It's not as if Mitch McConnell has a great track record himself in uh, working in a bipartisan fashion, most notably saying very early in the Barack Obama administration, my number one job is to make Barack Obama a one-term president. 
But I'll say this. If you're Joe Biden and the main point of your run was restoring decency and the soul of America and saying, I've worked with people like Mitch McConnell before. I can get things done. And you haven't spoken one time. I think the criticism is just in that case. I do, too. I uh, would think that by now they would have uh, broken bread at a at a meeting over one of these many intractable issues that we uh, we talk about here on the on playing politics. And it surprises me. I didn't know that until that news broke. I thought I would have thought that they had. But now, you know, since the news since the news broke, uh, realized that you know, we haven't we haven't seen that that particular meeting, uh, you know, do the. What does that mean about the the rest of uh, this presidency? I'm not sure we can jump to any conclusions, but you would you would wish hope that there'd be a relationship building going on there here in the early uh, in the early months, and it doesn't seem to be happening. John, some other news that has come out today: the immigration uh, matter on the border to me is a crisis. I think the White House is playing too many games on semantics. Uh, they obviously inherited something where they have very different views than President Trump's administration. Um, I think there was mixed messaging. The numbers are huge, and it's a problem. And today, the president installed the vice president atop the immigration response. It's a huge challenge. What's your reaction to Joe Biden's decision with Vice President Harris on this matter? that it's a good call in particular because she's going to need to call on presidents and leaders of Central American nations because the ultimate solution to this is improving the situation, particularly regarding security, so you don't have thousands of people fleeing literally for their lives. And I think it's important to remember that every study shows in refugee crises across continents that people don't want to leave their home countries. They certainly don't want to leave their home communities. They do so because they feel they have no other options. These are not necessarily economic migrants. These are people who are fleeing horrific gang warfare and other security situations in Honduras, El Salvador, Nicaragua, and certainly in parts of Mexico as well. And so when you have someone at the level of the vice president calling on the leaders of this nation, and you had President Biden say, when she speaks, she speaks for me. That's very important, and so hopefully they can get to the root of this and be able to help solve it. Scott, about a minute. What do you think? Agreed. Uh, with everything John said, I think if, if uh, we don't, as a nation, help Central American countries establish true democracies and provide jobs and have solid economies for their people, this is a this is a problem that's going to continue to plague both Democratic presidents and Republican presidents going forward. So you've got to get at the root cause. Uh, and fortunately, what ha- seems to happen from administration to administration, regardless of party, is we get caught up in what's happening at the border and certainly very serious. It needs to be addressed. But we don't get to the, the Central American issues that we need to get to that John described uh, to uh, – Uh, help stem the flow. I got to jump in, gentlemen. Great conversation as always. Thanks so much. We'll talk next week. Thank you. Thanks, Cap. Scott Gillespie and John Rash from the Star Tribune editorial board.